conversations and we are back again Dakbo, how you feeling good it's been a minute we went on a on a bit of a hiatus there right yeah i'd have to say like i was just like overwhelmed with the amount of work that i was involved with in the last quarter of 2022 and it, it significantly affected you know our outputs and productivity for the podcast for you what was it like towards the end of last year it was just like i was juggling a bunch of things you know jumping here and there usual lagos hectic you know going up and down and then working on a couple of projects and trying to make sure that i deliver them in time because like once christmas period enters like this you know there's a lot of wind down so it's either you want to get a bunch of stuff done before that period or you are juggling you know all the regular social activity of december you know with the work that you still have to do so there's a there's a kid uh, you know mason greenwood man united talisman super talented kid and he got in trouble a while back i want to say just about a year and a half ago that's not like how old is he he's 21 now okay <laughs> so yeah he's, he's a kid and so some audio recordings came out and some photos from his partner about you know assault and the news came out recently about how the charges have been dropped completely and this as you would imagine has sent some dialogue conversation about this topic into a whirlwind and it's so much to unpack as always when it comes to like relationships and abuse you know from the outside looking in it's easy to say things without understanding what's happening on the inside but i think the most important thing is to note that you know like abuse is just like a no-go area right an assault and on the one hand i think is it's worth it especially for women if you're listening and you feel like discouraged because there's data that shows that a lot of women do not report these things but as i think it should be encouraged to speak up and there's an account that really helps women's aid on twitter a very useful account for those kind of scenarios where if you're in some kind of abusive relationship or you want to get out of something you can just maybe reach out to them and check out the resources they have there and on the flip side for like guys if you end up with maybe someone that says hey you have to punch me in the face for me to like get off like just run i think that's my opinion <laughs> you know you, you know you might sure. you really don't want that right even if even if you have a third party and they sign like like you have it on recording that they said you really have to smack the crap out of me for me to no just run it's not worth it there's so many things to unpack about this i feel like there are other platforms that will go that have a deep dive but i think when it comes to things like this always better to like proceed with caution and try and understand as much and talk and um, and share ideas instead of just making uh one-off calls about things like this because these are, these are really complex dynamics and and on, and very important you know abuse is definitely a no-go area and i don't think anyone should be should be caught abusing anyone else so, they should pay the, the price like i didn't i didn't know of this story up until you know just before we started recording and i was just now that you mentioned it you know my you and then the the charges were dropped i'm now curious you know okay like did the phone call you know prove anything like what 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 really went on and like to be honest i usually like to or prefer not for this type of news not to come to me that's probably why i didn't see because the way I've tried to curate like my Twitter and social media is so that I don't I get as little, you know, news as possible, especially like of the negative events. Mm -hmm. But now that that it has come up, I'm now like a bit more curious as to what the situation is. Maybe I might I might look up 
you know, what happened. I mm. hope that the charges being dropped means that there's some sort of positive resolution for either party. Yeah, I'm hoping the same, actually. I'm hoping the same. There's, there's, there's been a lot of discourse happening in the background the past couple of years when this case has been trying to go to court or whatever. And so, and I think it comes on off the back of a Man City footballer, defender Benjamin Mendy, also being acquitted of, I think it's a four counts of assault. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's, it's a big conversation that needs to be had. And I also think in sports, especially young men, need a lot of mentorship, especially with like relationships and finance. I don't think that exists. It's just all about the money right now and flashy cars. But I think young men, like they need a lot of mentorship in sports. There's just like that lack of guidance is, is a lot of it like but yeah even even aside like mentorship or guidance because that that sounds very hands-on and you know we live in this very fast paced ain't nobody got time for that type of world so i'll just say like there needs to be good examples you just need to see good examples of successful you know athletes who just have 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 it together who aren't like doing any hanky-panky no games no scandal no assault no nothing you know, and then know that, yes, it's possible to be successful, wealthy, and have your shit together without getting into any trouble. Agreed. Agreed 100%. And on to the next piece of news here, which is about the new Naira notes. I think, I think it's caused more headache than it's provided solutions. Ah. You know, from, from people forcing their way into banks to ATMs charging excessive fees for withdrawals. ATMs aren't charging excessive fees for withdrawals. ATMs are, are being programmed to have a base fee. So the thing is, yeah. banks, so the speculation basically is that bank staff are hoarding the notes. They are supposed to load the notes into the ATMs. The instruction from the CBN mm-hmm. was that collect, you can collect the old notes over the counter, but don't give new notes over the counter. Have people go to the ATMs to, to collect new notes. That way, mm. the transaction like happening, you know, on the card and recorded and all that. But people aren't getting the new notes. People, so for instance, I wanted to buy something the other day, and I went out with the one thousand of new notes, and I said, "Do you have change?" And my "Do you have change?" was not "Do you have a five hundred?" Was "Do you have the new 500? And of course, the person didn't have, and so I held back my money and refused to buy. So, I mean, on one hand, I can say I save money, but on the other hand, that person has lost revenue, has lost sales, you know. So it has created a whole kerfuffle, like countrywide, especially in Lagos, where it's highly commercial, highly populated. There's now like a whole lot of mess. Banks are, you know, full ATM queues. People are fighting. People are. You know, it's it's creating a serious mess. I think at first when they announced it, you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. who had concerns about money being used for both buying, money being stashed up by politics, because we're you know about to enter election season, we're about to go into regime change. So it's like I said, regime. <laughs> well, I guess, <laughs> I guess, but you know, people people at at first thought it was a was a good idea because it will stem some of those you know, bad behaviors that people might have tasked cash to do. But the implementation has been terrible. The scarcity has been terrible. It's been such a short period of time. A lot of commerce happens with small amounts that people, you know, 
can't be going like the frequency of doing those type of transactions digitally or going to the bank to deposit, going to the bank to withdraw is too high for anybody to say, oh, they'll just stop using cash, even when it's convenient to do so. If you're holding a 1,000 naira note and you want to get on a bus and the bus ride is a uh, 200 naira, they're still going to have to find 500 naira to give you. And that 500 naira has to be new note. And if that new note is not is, is scarce, it's going to create a bunch of problems. So it's causing just a tidal wave of issues, problems. You've probably been seeing photos and pictures on social media of people like losing their shit. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's actually a domino effect and it's not not in a good way just the idea of just saying hey stop spending this note by such and such date and the fact that they even extended it and i feel like that might not be the last extension like i will not be shocked you know and it's just a lot of irresponsibility in not predicting or making or creating an alternative that is already working way beforehand it's yeah it's, like it, it, systems like nibs like the nigerian interbank settlement system and then even the banks themselves like they haven't been stress tested this is the kind of thing where you know they should have carried all these guys along and said okay you're about to have an influx of you know digital transactions nibs banks hope you guys are ready this is you should have done like some penetration tests unit testing and things like that just to like this is not the kind of thing that you just do wake up and say, everybody, you have 90 days to adjust, whether you are a bank, whether you are nibs, whether you are the seller on the road, whether you are the worker, or everybody just boom, you know, and then everybody is now in total chaos. Like, the implementation was not thought, was not thought to at all, and it shows. Anyways, good luck to the CBN. I feel like, obviously, the a lot of the people who are making these, you know, rules and declarations, quote-unquote, are not necessarily directly affected by this. Oh, like, of course. Of they have course, access. Of course. They have access to these resources. They probably already have a mountain of these new notes in in their rooms, like they always do. And the average person on the street will have to be the one to run, and you know, interact with those POS people now with the POS machines. And those ones are going to say we don't have new notes. And there's a lot of counterfeit already out in the market already. Yeah, like even the the, the notes were even like very poorly done, right? It was just like yeah. somebody just went on Photoshop and just applied a color layer on top of it. So there's no variation in the color, so which makes it easy to counterfeit. The inks that were done were cheaply done, so it's, you are seeing some units are actually washing off. The POS guys that you mentioned, some of them are, are charging like as high as 20% on a deposit. So imagine having to pay, you know, a POS guy 200 naira to get a 1,000 naira, you know, or 2,000 naira to get 10,000 naira. That's crazy. It is wild, but hey, it's where it is. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk some tech. Let's talk some new stuff that's coming out. You know, in tech, you've seen the new the new M2 Max. I know at some point you're going to be upgrading your Mac, but the announcement felt like this should have been a 2022 release. You know. <laughs> However, this is a huge upgrade in a way, especially if you're not, if you don't have, you know, M series Mac yet. Yeah. You don't want to, you probably don't want to go M1 if you're looking long term. What do you feel? So, I mean, when the M1 came out, everyone was like gushing about how much, you know, faster it is than the Intel processors that came out. And it was like, that was like a paradigm shift in processing power for portable, not even portable, like, you know, computers in general. And now they've pushed it even further with M2, smaller uh, nanometer chips, faster GPU processing, 
and all that. And it's it's very interesting that like where you think that things would maybe plateau, but there still be there's still like you know jumps and leaps that they can make in improving speeds and performances of these things. So it's very interesting to see. Yeah, of course. So back way, if money is complete, I would love <laughs> to get an M2, an M2 Mark. Now they've like basically swept the the entire lineup has moved to M2, except for the glaring omission of the iMac. I suspect that they want to keep the iMac as some sort of family computer because it's also the only one that has like these bright colors and all that. And if you look at like the marketing material, you see it like you know, in a living room, you see it in the kitchen, you see people doing FaceTime on it and things like that, you know. So I think that, and that was like one of the original positionings of the iMac when they did like the Bondi Blue, the eggshell shaped one of 98 or so. So I think that's where they're trying to position the iMac. However, there are lots of professionals that, you know, bought it and are using it for their professional work. In fact, like if, I got it, it will serve all my needs, you know? Yeah. So I don't think they should leave it out. I think they should upgrade it, despite the fact that they are trying to position it as all. That we are, that I am speculating that they're trying to position it as a family computer as opposed to a pro computer. They also, I mean, yeah, keep going. No, what I was going to say is I, I agree, you know, with everything you said. And I, I think it's kind of like making the uh, Mac Pro look like it has to have you know have at at this point like a huge reveal because yeah. where everyone's waiting that's that's the only apple computer that has not been upgraded to to the apple the chip, m1 right? yes so and and if you look at it like those computers cost from like 10 grand all the way to like 50 or 80 grand do we depending on how you spec them do you know how much they're going for for trading right now at apple much like where you swap it in if you want to trade in your Mac Pro that costs you forty grand USD to to to, to purchase, how much? I guess just 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 ballpark. Ah, maybe like fifty percent off because I know those those tradings can be pretty bad. It's the worst. It's way worse than that. It's it's sub one thousand dollars. Can't even buy an iPhone twelve Pro or a fourteen Pro. Wait, so someone bought and this thing is still <laughs> on their website. So someone bought it's still a desktop yep. computer. Big top decks of computer for 10, 20, 30 grand, 40 grand. Yep. And then say, oh, okay, you have new. I, I want to buy from you the same Apple that sold me this computer maybe a year ago. And I want to buy another computer from you, but I want to give you this one so you can recycle the parts or whatever. And they're only going to give me $900 off. That's crazy. Yep. That's cheating. That's the kind of thing that the government should get involved in. I think. I think when I saw that, that just made me realize that I think the Mac Pro was the first NFT. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, how can you how can you spend all that money on this on this beefy computer? And it's not like the computer is useless; it still works. Yeah. But then again, and now it can barely buy its own wheels. Those wheels cost like what eight hundred bucks? <laughs> oh, that was four hundred. Oh, or was it four hundred? Uh, I think it was two hundred per wheel. I might be wrong. It's worth it's worth doing a fact check on that. I do it and like from what I'm reading now, the um M one no the the Mac Studio, right? The one that looks like a cube. The with the ultra yeah. chip, right? I I think that one is yeah. on M one, but it's M one Ultra. I think that's the current currently the fastest one. And I think yeah. like it benchmarks higher than that beefed up Mac Pro. Like they should have just suspended it and taking it down instead of just said we're not selling this anymore like it's not for sale anymore that that oh yeah even 
even the M1, I think the M1 Max MacBook Pros were outperforming it on some renders, on some tests. So it's ridiculous. You have a laptop that's 16 inch and is outdoing this computer that costs as, as much as a few Corollas. <laughs> Do you get? <laughs> it is ridiculous. And and I just checked the price of those wheels. Yeah, it's 869 for a set of four. And, and they're yeah. still being sold on the website, on Apple's website. There's a big blue icon that says add to bag. Not my bag, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, it is the worst. It is the worst. That's the worst trading value in the history of everything. And they released HomePods too, which HomePods like sound like really a really good idea on paper. Like, hey, you know, like you have the smart speaker with the one of the best audio qualities in town. But then you look closer and you're like, wait, you mean I cannot just pair any other device to this as a Bluetooth device? It has to be an Apple device. Like, wait, you mean it always has to be powered? There's no battery? They're like, wait, you mean I have to use Siri, which is the dumbest like, oh, so wait, smart it, it assistant? Does, it doesn't have battery. Oh, no, you have to. It always has to be powered. Oh. And, and and you're stuck with Siri. I remember this is Siri that came out of the gates. Like, hey, look, I'm the chosen one. And then Google and Alexa came through. And like, no, you're not. Like, they just surpassed it and everything. And it's just so silly. I feel, I feel like wwdc this year needs a siri 2.0 that is one thing i feel like if they announce i will be proud of like how far they've come because siri is so far behind right now that it doesn't even understand contextual conversation where you ask a follow-up question after you've asked one it struggles with that and that is something, so you have to you remember know, like the, the comparison right yeah so the three smart smart assistants that we have siri google assistant and alexa Oh up, wow! Up. Crap on Bixby, crap what, on Bixby. What is it, Bixby again? So, you, you, like, you have to now look at like the DNA of each company, right? Google is like yeah. the data company, the web company. Amazon, AWS, EC3, you know. So they, they too, they are like deep in data. But yeah, Apple is like deep on hardware and native software, right? So it shows that they can't like do. So this type of digital, especially like services that are live, like issues also in things like Apple Maps, right? Where they can't really, yeah, their execution on such services, it'll, it'll look pretty, it'll look nice in the press shots, mm -hmm. you know, and then if you, maybe if you put it on California or whatever, then you'll be getting good results. But anything else, you know, you just be seeing rubbish. So that's, that's exactly what's going on with Siri. It's like, it's lagging behind because it's really not in the DNA of the company to to do services at that level. And mm -hmm. I think what one of the things they should do is basically just like dial down what it is they're telling users to expect from Siri. The only thing is that even if they do that, people are just are still going to just compare it with Google Assistant. Oh, for sure, for sure. There's always going to be that standard of comparison one-to-one, -one, always, right? Yeah. But I, I really do feel like Siri needs to grow up. It's it's about time. Yep. You know, you can't yep. you can be a teenager forever. I see I see. you had enough for S23. You're talking about, you want to talk about Galaxy devices? Yeah, they, they just they just released that. I think it was yesterday or day before. Well, from today, whenever you're listening to this. this. So it's a slight improvement over the S22 of last year. And like I'm beginning to get endeared to Samsung's like, you know, hardware design. And if I'm going mm -hmm. to, in fact, like this might tick off some Apple fans, but to me, the S22, especially like base level one, because I prefer, you know, smaller devices. If you compare it with a 14, right, an iPhone 14, it actually looks better. 
has slimmer bezels, doesn't have a big notch in front of it. The back has just the three cameras in, in a row, you know, no no casing or bump or anything around. It's just the cameras themselves on, on the back of the thing. And then it's just one straight back, you know, and all that. So it's like Samsung design has been refined, looking a lot neater, less superfluous parts and designs, which is surprising because that was the kind of thing they were guilty of doing, you know, in past past hardware designs. But also like the innards of just be like a maybe I would say minor, but just a I say minor, okay, minor upgrade from last year. So if you had last year's one, of course you, you shouldn't need this one. But uh all the well it's looks looks good so far. Can't wait for lengthy reviews and comparisons. I think all the focus just be on cameras, cameras, cameras. Things like screen, yeah. performance, all those things have become, you know, par for the course at this point. Agree one hundred percent. And I think you know, Samsung, like you said, always always come through with design like it's inevitable and i think they're trying to they're getting much better now with uh supporting flagships over time with firmware updates so if you buy a phone now you can use it for three to five years that'll be refreshing that will be refreshing so because those phones are not cheap especially when it comes to repairability too because samsung screens are so difficult to fix because of the the the, the intricate design right so people end up spending a lot of money to repair those screens so if somebody's waiting to invest that much money in a phone you should be able to support them like long term you know like hey you can use my you can use this device for like five years plus perfection right that'd be good i'm looking forward to there's one thing i would change about it is that they should remove the fingerprint although it's, it's more sophisticated but they should remove the fingerprint sensor from inside the screen and put it in the power button. That solves the, the repairability problem. At least I think so. The screen problem, you know. And then I think yeah. that the hardware button, as opposed to the ultrasonic thing, might actually be faster. But I wouldn't be surprised if something they've considered and chosen, you know, to, to put it where they put it, because it's probably easier to reach down at the bottom in the front. Yeah, agreed. Okay, we're making a uh, good time here, but I think we're getting close to the end. So let's just do a fire round of like predictions for 2023. I feel like obviously this is a January thing, but February can also be our January. We, we didn't make it an, an episode <laughs> of the podcast in January. So happy new year, everyone, if you're listening. So boom, first one, presidential elections, Nigeria. Who do you see winning? So I actually like that it's a three horse race right now. And it, have, it looks to be neck and neck with all three. Even the person that joined the campaign just 10 months ago has basically caught up with the two, you know, juggernauts. I wouldn't say who I predict. I would say who I'm hoping. But I, I, would I, you know what? I would actually predict that for a Peter will be win. Okay. For me, I, I'm obviously not going to have any affiliation with with my prediction. It's just for the sake of, you know, let's see how things pan out. It's not it's not a hope. It's just a prediction, right? And just based on maybe some data and some information and general history of how Nigerians vote in elections, especially yeah. most of the people who are not Twitter warriors, the people in in the hood, the people who actually vote, right? Yeah. People who are not on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. I I think there might be a runoff between Tinubu and Atiku, which is sad. I know for a lot of people who want like the the hopeful thing, and I think and I think 
Tinubu might just edge it, which is wild. This is a prediction. This is no affiliation. This is like not an endorsement. Like heck no. But it's gonna be some kind of you know, some kind of close a close call there. But yeah, that's I'm it. really praying that you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. You know, it's like, but it's, you know, it's just what it is based on what we're seeing. And okay, for this is this is gonna be a, one you don't want to answer, but I feel like you should. What do you think is going to be the game of the year for 2023? Well, so, I mean, we don't know all the game releases that are going to be out. Even if they've announced that a game come out this year, they can still push yeah. it or whatever. So it's hard to just pick, right? Is there a Horizon coming out this year? Yes, but for VR, so that's the Horizon. There's actually two Horizon games coming out. PlayStation are going to release an expansion for the already existing Horizon, which no, no, is no. an online multiplayer version. And then they're going to release a VR experience. So to me, I think I think they, they announced the new Zelda, right? Nintendo announced the new hey. Zelda this year. So, yep, it comes out this year. So that would be in the running. Um, if Final Fantasy 16 comes out this year as well, that will probably be in the running. Although I'm losing my my love for Final Fantasy each it's sad but like they basically announced that they're going to be going forward it's going to be full-on action RPG which I don't have a problem with but stylistically it's just I mean when I liked Final Fantasy when I got into it it was a turn-based RPG and now they're just going full-on action RPG second is like the the graphic style you know is the art style is tending towards more realistic characters and whatnot I think they are looking at they are basically doing the numbers and looking at what the audience likes, but we'll see. I hope. I hope mm-hmm. with Final Fantasy games, it's usually like the core of the game is like the story first, and then like the art, the gameplay, and all those things. So hopefully, you know, the story is compelling enough to bring people in and then yeah. keep them in like very engaging gameplay, very beautiful art, and all that. So those are, those are my two picks. Hoping. I'm really hoping for sure that this game comes out and you love it and you enjoy it and you're like, yo, IG, this is one of the best games I've played in a while because I feel like they owe you a good one. (laughs) For me, for me, I think this is a year where you have like two major RPGs coming out. Not just two, it's a lot. Like there's there's Zelda, there's uh, Final Fantasy we just talked about. I think Starfield is going to be a big release for Microsoft. Oh, okay. I do think, though, I think Zelda is just such a good franchise that they probably will edge it this year. Thankfully, there's no major... There's They are from soft games coming out this year from software, you know, the Elden Ring guys. But I don't think they have any game that's going to compete with Zelda this year. I hope I'm not wrong. But yeah, I think Zelda is going to take it. I think uh, Final Fantasy is going to be in the running. If Starfield is good, it might be there. But that leads to the next prediction, right? So which game I think will be the flop of the year mm-hmm. i want to start with starfield because the expectations are already so high <laughs> so i'm gonna go with that i don't know if you have any news or any 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 game you, you think might be overhyped that you're looking that you think might flop this year but i just i really hope it doesn't do bad but i think there's just so much talk around starfield it just might it just might disappoint none comes to mind um maybe even like Diablo 4 that was announced, I don't mm-hmm. think it will, it will flop because who, who like Diablo really, really like Diablo. Um, mm. Ooh, what about the new EA Sports FC? Because they don't have the FIFA license anymore, right? So oh, oh, they're first oh, going to have to spend a lot of money in marketing to let you know that, hey, this is FC. It was FIFA last year, but it's FC now, right? So what, what so was the people story might struggle. there? Why, why did they lose the... 
license? Um, it was a back and forth. Like negotiations just fell through with them and FIFA, right? Because I think FIFA felt like FIFA was getting a lot of money from EA, regardless yeah. of sales or not, right? And EA felt like this is getting too much. You can't always be taking this much just because we're using the name and the brand. And so FIFA was like, yeah, it's whatever. If you don't want, like, you know, screw it. And so FIFA came out. I think it was the president Infantino who said something about the FIFA brand will always be with the best sports game. So he's wow. okay with them not being with EA Sports. I think, I don't know what their plans are for this year. I don't think it's going to go to Konami because Konami released a very terrible football game that they've been patching for over a year now. And so I'm curious to see how that plans out. Yeah, EA Sports FC. Yeah, that's gonna be one to watch. I think that's a category on its own. One to watch. I think um, that like that that branding alone could qualify for for a flop, right? Just like not yeah. not an indictment on the game or the quality of the gameplay. Just the fact that you know the name has changed might make people less inclined to buy it. Like if if I, if I was in the market for a new football game and I saw EAFC, I wouldn't want it. Mm-hmm. I'd probably even just pick a FIFA 22 than pick EAFC. Fair, fair. <laughs> Let's do a quick fire round of football predictions, right? Okay, so for our Premier League winner, Champions League winner, and Ballon d'Or winner, go. Premier League, go Gunners. That's okay. not how it's made this year. You've made it past half the half the league, top of the league. Yeah. We haven't had it in donkey years. Jesus, they've used it to pass <laughs> it. Ah, so please, Arsenal, please, Ateta, please win it this year. Then, Wait. yeah. Ah, Haaland is looking like, is looking like the guy. For, for Ballon d'Or, are you sure? Ah. Think about the World Cup, bro. Ah. <laughs> so, yes, like, you World Cup, but Messi has collected it. Okay, so... Either Haaland or Mbappe. Hmm. What about Champions League? Champions League. Hmm. Um, I might just say PSG. I might just say. See, I feel like you put yourself in a corner there because if PSG wins the Champions League, you know who would have won World Cup and Champions League in the space of six months. <laughs> <laughs> just, just keep that in mind. So My prediction. Is, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Ballon d'Or to to Messi, right? Yeah. You'll you'll be like. They've given him, or they've already given him so many times back to back. I'm expecting that this is the year that they'll give Ballon d'Or to someone new. Unless maybe this is going to be Messi's last Ballon d'Or and they want to send him off right or whatever. I don't know. That'll be really, it's, 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 it's going to be fun this year. For me, Premier League, I'm predicting Arsenal. So I feel like City will give them a run for it close to the end. However, City this season, I think they'll be more reactive than proactive so uh, and again this is not to the tottenham if it was tottenham that was first right now i would have said whoever is second would win because tottenham are <laughs> really good at, at bottling right they are so good at that so and i trust Mikel arteta like he has a game plan and i feel like this is the best year for arsenal to win it because next year it's going to be vastly different it's going to be right? crazy man the amount that co- gonna... clubs are spending on transfers yeah yeah next year will be wild so arteta has no choice but to win it this year for Champions League, I'm going to go with some left field team, Napoli. Really? Um, they I don't know how they're, they're playing so well. I watch them a lot on C- on, uh, in Syria. I don't watch them as much as I watch Premier League, obviously. But, oh my goodness, even in the Champions League, what they did to Liverpool in the group stages, 
was it was unheard of. They play so well, like a well oiled machine. And Victor Osime is like that number nine you always want in the box. He's always there. Yeah. So I'm going I for Napoli for UCL. You you have to you have to they play so well and keep the ball so well. Very technical players. And last but not least, Ballon d'Or. Oh man. This is a tricky one. I feel like Messi's is is right there. He's gonna get his eighth, which is wild. There's a close second. It's probably gonna be if anybody wins the Champions League, you know, and maybe they just so happen to be in that Argentine team. And they're not Messi. Yeah. But I I can't think of I can't think of I don't know if any Man City player is in the okay, maybe there was Otamendi. But anyways, yeah, so yeah, Arsenal. But I think I think like in a World Cup year or in the year after a World Cup year, World Cup performance is probably weighted, you know, higher for Ballon d'Or than club performance. That yeah. that's why that's why me I'm leaning towards you know I want, honestly I want Kylian to win it right he did everything in that in that game and and losing on penalties is not a way you it doesn't really say much about how well you played right because France were asleep for the most of that game and they woke up and it was like like boom. yeah for the first half you know I wouldn't even say they were asleep it was just like I just not like pressed them completely that's how they play that's how they play in the first half of games they usually taper off towards the second half towards the end. They did the same thing against the Dutch. They did the same thing, you know, against France. And I think it almost even happened, like, maybe not against Croatia, because they beat Croatia, but it happened a lot in, in the World Cup. Okay, so now we've gotten our predictions out of the way. I feel this is a good place for us to wrap. This is like a welcome back episode, so it's chunky. It has a lot going on. And um, <laughs> I'm glad we I'm glad we talked about everything. Yeah. So yeah, this is Back in Conversations. We are back until we'll see you again next week and we'll talk some more about what has been happening, what we are expecting to happen, what we would like to happen, and what we don't like, right? Yep. yep. All right, so catch you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye.